Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to the Bay local news to keep you rooted. We've known for a minute that California is going to be the place many folks go to get abortion services if Roe versus Wade was overturned. Both things are no longer hypotheticals. Now that Roe versus Wade has officially been overturned, California groups like Access Reproductive Justice are already getting a ton of calls from people who need help getting services from both in and out of the state. And that need is only going to go up from here. Nobody quite knows what a post-Roe world will look like, and so... We wake up, we do the work today, we see what it looks like, and we'll, you know, we'll move back tomorrow, but we, it might look different tomorrow. Today, how one California reproductive justice organization is gearing up for a world post-Roe v. Wade. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. I am one half of a small and mighty team of two who support anyone who calls our helpline facing a barrier to accessing reproductive or sexual health care. My name is Sasha, she, her pronouns, um, and I'm the helpline coordinator at Access Reproductive Justice. Access is a reproductive justice organization with an abortion fund. We are California-based. We were founded in 1993 in the Bay Area by um, folks who were doing clinic escorting. These escorts really identified that there were many more needs before an individual even made it to the clinic, right? And so they were hearing from the people that they were supporting that folks were facing childcare barriers. 
folks didn't always have the money to pay for these appointments, you know, pay for co-pays, you know, were traveling long distance and needed support. So they, they were identifying these needs and decided to establish a helpline, as we call it, um, for folks to call who might need um, support before their appointment. As the legend goes, they ran um, an ad in the yellow pages because it was 1993. And the, the intention was to run the ad in the Bay Area. And by a clerical error, the number ran in, you know, across the state of California. Long story short, people from all over California began calling this helpline. And as a result, the founders decided like, okay, we're a statewide organization. Like if the need is there, here we go. We're supporting folks across the state. Wow. That's an amazing story. A very 90s story as well. I know. (laughs) I want to ask if you remember where you were when the Dobbs decision came down. Yes, I I do. I was in my bed um, and I woke up to the decision. You know, we've been preparing for for a long time and certainly counting, you know, what what decision days we had left in June and perhaps early July. And so I was very much prepared to wake up on Friday the 24th and assume that I would have a breaking news alert from the New York Times that Roe had been overturned and that is exactly what happened. It is definitely one thing to prepare for months on end, for sometimes, you know, even years, really, if we really think about the bigger picture. Um, and it's one thing to, yeah, to prepare and, and to know it's coming. And it's definitely another thing to, to know that it's happened and to read the decision itself. I feel like I've heard so many people say that um, recently, that it, it really is a different thing for it to, to happen. When you get calls from folks who need services, what are people's backgrounds? Where are people calling from? The majority of callers are are Californians. We we do know that the majority of our callers um, identify as Black, Indigenous, and people of color. They are young folks in their 20s. They are either low income or have no income at all and are insured by Medi-Cal. We see a lot of folks who are calling from rural areas, but also also in cities. And if you, you know, if you're in Oakland and your clinic is in San Francisco, that can be a really expensive Uber. There are so many different types of barriers um, depending on where you live, what you need, and your, these identities that you hold. When people call you, What do people usually need? The biggest barrier we see is definitely the cost towards the procedure itself. And so the majority of our callers need procedural funding. And so someone might need procedural funding for lots of different reasons. So they may have insurance, but they haven't met their deductible or their copay is still high. Fortunately, California just passed SB 245, of which we are a part of promoting, um, which will eliminate co-pays for all private insurances for abortion care. So this is about to change. Mm. 
Mm. But part, you know, part of the reason we advocated for that bill is because we heard so frequently on our health line that folks had insurance, but their, you know, their copay was $400. And so they don't have $400. Some folks have insurance, but they don't want to use it for confidentiality reasons. And then certainly when folks are insured by, let's say, Medi-Cal, and perhaps they have to travel out of state for care, they're, you know, that insurance doesn't follow them. And so now they're looking at having to pay the whole out-of-pocket price. And so procedural funding is the biggest barrier and the thing that Access spends the most of our funding on. The second most common need is the lodging piece. When folks are receiving care Slightly later in pregnancy, appointments um, are usually two days long, and so they'll need somewhere to stay either for one, sometimes two or three nights. This decision to overturn Roe v. Wade came out on Friday, but, you know, as we've been talking about, we've had some idea that this might be coming because of the leaked draft that came out back in May. Has your org already been seeing an uptick in calls from folks needing help over the last few months? The first four months of 2022, our call volume doubled from what it was the first four months of 2021. Um, and that was majority Californians. So I always want to name that because I think it's really important to note that how much of a need there is in California itself, first and foremost. Right. And also, yes, we have definitely seen an uptick of, of Texans, particularly in the last couple months. You know, SB8 went into effect in September, um, but given our geographical location to Texas, we definitely did not see any sort of overnight shift. But in the last couple of months in, you know, May and June, we've definitely started to more regularly get calls from Texans headed our way. Another thing I think is important to know is that in 2021, Access supported callers from 18 states. And this is in... Wow. 2021, right? And so we have already, and I I would probably even say always sort of been a destination for folks who, you know, are hailing from states with really limited access. We are very much preparing and expecting that to to only increase. And I mean, what have those calls been like more recently? What's the tone of them? Frustration more than anything, sometimes a bit of confusion. You know, in terms of I just had this appointment and they told me they couldn't see me and they gave me your number. Like, who are you again? Like, hmm. where am I going to have to go? Like, who am I calling? And it can be really overwhelming when you have the whole state of California. You're not familiar with California. If you've maybe never been here, you don't have a contact here. Like the first few months after SB8 went into effect, so the end of 2021, you know, when we started to see a trickle of Texans coming in, the majority of folks had family or friends already in California. And so that's kind of why they were headed this way. But now we're just seeing, you know, folks who that's not the case. And so they're kind of just in, in really uncharted territory. I mean, I'm curious about the other side of that. You're seeing an uptick in need. And I have to imagine that people in California also are trying to figure out how they could support. Is Access getting more calls for support, like from volunteers? Yes. So since this past Friday, since the Dobbs decision came down, we've received, I believe it's just over 500 
volunteer interest forms. Mm -hmm. If anyone is listening who is interested in volunteering, we ask that you please fill out our online um, volunteer interest form um, and don't follow up with a call because we, we see you, we hear you, we're grateful for you. And like, it's a lot at once for such a small capacity organization, but yeah, we are very grateful. It's just, um, yeah. I mean, the outpouring of support is, is, is truly moving. And I know this is just the beginning for reproductive justice organizations like yours that have been preparing to support folks from other states. Are we ready, you think, for what's to come? Oh, that's a big question. I mean, I think yes, because we are in a national network of abortion funds across the nation who have been around for decades. We, we know how to support our communities because we've been doing it. We have always known that Roe was just the bare minimum. And so, you know, people needed and have needed abortion funds um, and better access to abortion care and prenatal care um, and child care for years. Nobody quite knows what a post-Roe world will look like. And so... Mm. You know, we're doing our best to prepare for such a huge influx of calls and, you know, do make changes at the policy level to expand access. So we we wake up, we do the work today, we see what it looks like um, and we'll, you know, we'll be back tomorrow, but we it might look different tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm curious if you have a sense of like what role the Bay Area in particular plays and should play in, in sort of the coming months. I think we're we're assuming that Southern California will see more of an influx of out-of-state patients, just given its closeness to Arizona and mm -hmm. Texas and beyond. But that being said, we already support so many Californians from you know more rural areas traveling to San Francisco in particular, but also to, to Oakland. So I, you know, I think given the wonderful quality of care that folks can receive in the Bay, given proximity to multiple airports given our overall friendliness to folks who need abortions. I definitely anticipate seeing an influx of folks coming to, coming to the Bay. I also, you know, I was at a protest um, on Friday and I think like really pro-abortion and pro-families. Um, and so I think, you know, more of that, more of supporting one another, more mutual aid definitely, you know, feels feels important. And I do feel hopeful that, you know, the Bay Area can really meet this moment. Well, those were all my questions for you, Sasha. I really enjoyed talking with you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, yeah, for wanting to hear from Access and our perspective. It's, yeah, a pleasure to be here. That was Sasha, a Healthline coordinator for Access Reproductive Justice based in California. We're only using Sasha's first name for privacy and safety reasons. Access's Healthline is open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Thursday. Their English line is 800-376-4636.
and their Spanish line is 888-442-2237. This 35-minute conversation with Sasha was cut and edited down by Alan Montesilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored this episode and added the tape. You can keep in touch with our team on Twitter at the Bay KQED or send us an email thebay at kqed.org. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.